Welcome to Yo 11 Minutes, Yo 11 Minutes, mostly Vegas, no BS casino experience and more. Michael Traeger is a casino and travel loyalty expert who also helps people turn their travel dreams into reality. And now, Michael Traeger. How's it going, Michael? It is going excellent for a Monday. Only for a Monday? I, I, well, yeah, Mondays suck, right? So Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a busy week though. Lots going on. Lots lots floating out there in the in the in the Vegas verse. That is true. There are some things. Uh, I know. I know. Like all the entertainment things are gonna be really soon about who to expect in twenty twenty four and all that stuff. As far as any news, most of it has just been coming out of CES because CES is happening here. Uh, Consumer Electronics Show and uh, you know these futuristic products that are coming out, new flat screens and you know twenty four billion K or some shit. I don't know. You know they're always like, increasing the K value, and you know how it is. It's it's CES. Yeah, but but I think you do have like sort of an incidental and fleeting news story for today. It is definitely. Uh, Incidental and fleeting, no doubt. Let's get on to that. You know, it turns out my I don't have a I don't have my I don't you know forget the music. I'll just do it straight up. Uh, people on the Las Vegas trip will no longer be allowed to stop on pedestrian bridges aside from incidental and fleeting viewing. After Clark County commissioners passed an ordinance on the matter Tuesday morning of last week, the ordinance, which supporters say will help with crime and pedestrian safety, but opponents say criminalizes harmless activities, prohibits stopping, standing, or congregating on the pedestrian bridges and up to 20 feet where the bridges connect to street-level sidewalks. Violators could face a misdemeanor charge and, if found guilty... Up to six months in jail or a $1,000 fine. <laughs> Whew. Hope that Sophie is worth a thousand bucks and six months in jail. That's going to do it for the news and now for the views. Michael, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that this is crazy. I remember that the, they, they had reasoning for not wanting people to be on the pedestrian bridges during F1. And I guess this is a little bit the genesis of this ordinance is that but i'm not even sure why this makes any sense at all like has anyone ever been complaining to you about clogged bridges I'm, and overpasses i've never heard of of all the 999 things people can complain about with vegas like the escalator is not working i've never heard people say like it's impossible to get across that pedestrian bridge because it's always so clogged yeah no i've never heard that uh but from from what i've, I've read somewhere was that 11 uh percent of uh disruption uh uh, disruptive activity calls happens because of stuff that happens on the pedestrian bridges uh, or what's happening around the pedestrian bridges. Uh, and so I guess they're, they're they're trying to view this as a safety thing, but I'm starting to think that what they did during F1 was kind of a, was kind of a testing phase to see how that would go. Uh, it just seems too coincidental that uh, they were doing that for F1 and now they're like, yeah, we're going to keep doing that. Just, mm. Are they going to have people like continuously screaming, move along, keep moving? Yeah, <laughs> probably, like you know, like, because that's, uh, that's always, that's always such a nice, that's always such a nice touch being screamed at. Oh, yeah. Know, by people, you know, that's, uh, well, I think actually what you're saying 
really, really what they're saying is they want to prevent people from like doing like three card Monty games and sitting there and trying to sell waters and things like that, which I think is a lot different than people standing and taking selfies and stuff like that. So I don't know why they just don't go after the issue as opposed to making this rule. And of course, this whole thing is totally fake. Nobody's going to get six months in jail. Like, really? Like that's like like you can you can pretty much sell rob a CVS and not get six months in jail. Yeah, so it like, seems extreme. Like a, you know, it's like uh, that'd be hard to explain to someone. You know, yeah, man, I did time in prison. Well, what did you do? I took a selfie on a pedestrian bridge. It just seems like it's a bit extreme for six months in jail and a one thousand dollar fine. That's just yeah. Know. Anyway, so what a what a news story. It's crazy. I. Yeah, well, we'll hear a lot about this. This will be, this will be, this will be a wonderful, unenforceable, uh, unenforceable thing. And hopefully, we, we will not be subjected to many people screaming at us to move faster across the pedestrian bridges. Mind the gap. It just seems like something. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought about train conductors, old timey days, stuff like that. Never mind. That being said, it is time for the tease. <laughs> Okay, so today's main topic is the only piece of casino comp advice you need to get started. And this is an interesting story because people are always trying to give like casino advice or how to look like a high roller or how to get more out of casinos. But really, if you want to break it down, you know, what people are talking about is how to get more comps. And before I'll get into that only piece of advice, I happen to do a pretty in-depth tweet because now Twitter will allow you to tweet forever uh, about about whatever you want. There's pretty much so no character limitation. There is a character limitation, but it's not it's not really there. And and what I was saying in that tweet, and we'll list it in the snow note show notes, uh is that casino comp advice requires that people talk about their casino action and how it relates to the comps, perks, and marketing offers. And that's something a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people like to talk about all the comps that they get or how great and generous the casinos are or potentially how ungenerous or not generous the casinos are, but they don't usually like to relate that to their actual action and what they're doing. If you take a look at this tweet, you'll see that there are some major data points involving your bankroll for a trip, loss or win for a trip, total tier points earned for a trip, and total comp dollars. And I have some really good thoughts there that I put out there, and it really does sort of bring about a conversation. But back to this, like, the one thing you need to do, especially if you're getting started, and it's really important to understand that a casino... And casino loyalty in general only knows what you let it know. So if you have not played at a casino before, and this is optimal if you haven't played at that casino before, or you've been dormant for a while, the casino only doesn't know anything about you. So when they don't know anything about you and you join a loyalty program and you start to play, you're giving the casino some insight into what your action is. In order to optimize the offers you might get and the comps you might want to get, 
you want to do fewer trips with more bankroll and you must use the opportunity to open up or be at a new casino when you're a virgin with and you must open up at a new casino really really strong we call this the big day of play we've talked about it at travel zork before we have an article in the show notes for you to look at so and when we say it's a big day we're talking about the casino day and if you do this you will generate better offers than you would regularly get so what you don't want to do is just dabble you want to strategically join a program and play harder than you've ever played before within the relative confines of your bankroll. Now, what does that mean? That means if you're heading towards trying to do table game averages, you should probably have at least 50 times what your average bet is even or average bet before hustling up that bet a little bit. So that would mean, I don't know, at a hundred, you know, if you're looking for a hundred dollar average, you should have at least $5,000 at minimum in your bankroll. For slot players, it becomes a little bit trickier, but I would consider about 500 times what your coin in is, your minimum spin amount is. So say you're going to do $5 spins. I would say you would want at least $2,500 minimum as your bankroll for this. And remember, there actually is there are risk of rune calculators where you can, based on the house edge for the game, as well as, you know, how much you're wagering, that it'll tell you how likely you are to run out of money. And then on top of all of this, you need to think about your loss limits, what your goal is, what you're trying to get as points, what you're trying to get as, as coin in. But you, but the, the overarching theme, I love that overarching theme is that you want to take this opportunity the first time you play in a casino to play on the stronger side of what you would regularly play. And that might require that you do fewer trips or fewer days of play, but it's really important to do that because that that's going to set you up for better offers. Now, the question becomes, what do you do when you get these offers that are probably more than you would regularly get from a casino? It's a great question because when you come back, your play might be at a lower level, but that's fine. You've earned that offer. Now you need to figure out you know, how to balance that. You know, Maybe you get a couple offers. You want to book out some of those trips. You want to you want to reap the benefits of that big day of play. And then you have to determine what is logical for you with regard to bankroll requirements, loss, and also how things go. Because as with gambling, you know, anything can happen. Sometimes you'll get lucky. Sometimes you'll win money and you'll have more money to play with. Of course, you know, the whole goal all the time is to win. So I highly advocate to people that locking up wins and not giving the money back if you're having a good run. You really just need to think about these things. You need to write them down. You need to have a plan. The one thing you probably don't want to do is generate those offers and come back and, quote, not play at all or play at a very minimal level. Because if you do that, then the offers are going to drop off very, very quickly or you might even become marketing restricted from a casino if they think that you are there just to get the perks that they're giving you. So you need to balance that. But I would say for most people, this is about trying to set yourself up at a new property or in a new program and get the most bang out of your 
money and bankroll. So that's what I got for you. What do you think about that, Movestro? Is a little bit too much thought process going on there? No, not too much thought process at all. I think uh, what you outlined there is basically the best way for someone who's interested in comps, making the most out of them, uh, making the most out of their play and getting what they can get out of it. Uh, I mean, you, you pretty much laid it all out. Do you think, though, that uh, for a person who's just starting to say, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've heard a lot about these these loyalty rewards and these player cards and all that stuff, and I can get free stuff or I can get this or that. Do you think that it tends to lead to people who uh, might be more about chasing comps rather than, you know, just enjoying their stay, like without feeling like they have a side task to accomplish of, okay, if I keep playing this machine, my points will go up this much. Or if I do that, you know, if I stick to slots and not so much table games, I might get more points. Like, do you think that it will it alters like the way people behave when they're first getting involved uh with loyalty rewards i think so and that's why i make a really big point about being properly bankrolled for what you're doing so that you have at least a shot of of things you know sort of evening uh, sort of evening out i guess my best example of that kind of thing is if you're going to play $5 a spin but you're only going to come to the casino with $200. You have so few spins that you can actually play that even though the house edge is 10%, right? You're probably, there's a good chance you're going to bust out really, really quickly before you hit any bonus or jackpot. And, and that's going, that's going to be problematic. So you need to have, I guess you need to have some runway to be able to play. And that runway, for lack of a better way to say it, needs to be aligned with what your betting level is. So for instance, you can't, you know, just the same thing like I was saying about like how much bankroll you want, you know, you can't go and play $100 slots with $1,000, right? Because if it's $100 denomination, that might just be a few spins. And yeah, if you get lucky, that's really taking a shot. So I, I do think that people have to understand that the math for casino games really, really does prove itself. So if you come with $5,000 or $2,500 and you're playing $5 a spin or even less than $5 a spin, say you're playing a dollar a spin, I'd say this a lot with video poker because the lowest denomination of video poker is quarter video poker. And it's a very low variance game. Like anywhere from half a percent to three percent and if you play quarter video poker that's a dollar 25 a spin and if you come with a bankroll of five thousand dollars playing a dollar 25 a spin the fact your risk of ruin the, the chance of you busting out is really really minimal so you're going to get that play in that's closer to the long-term play now at five dollars a spin and twenty five hundred dollars you're not going to even probably approach long-term play but you at least you at least have a shot and i think that's really really important but yeah chasing comps becomes really really difficult and i think that's also part of it you know you want to come in and say like what is my bankroll for this this play session what am i trying to accomplish here as opposed to like going in for a few hundred then going in for a few hundred more then going back to the atm and then doing it you need to you need to really just sort of think about your plan think about your denominations and all that kind of stuff. But your your points are very, very, very valid. 
I know I was making a point. It was more of a question, but thank you. I do feel validated. So that helps. <laughs> well, I mean, you should never chase comps, right? right, right. I mean, you shouldn't. And, but unfortunately, you're not going to really be able to earn comps effectively without a good bankroll. And you're not going to be, and you're going to want to pool that bankroll into fewer trips and fewer days of playing to get the most comps. So maybe a good answer to your question is if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe you shouldn't worry about it so much, which is also okay. But here we're talking about like when people say like, oh, wow, I'm getting, you know, this offer to come back for three free nights and $500 free play and $250 food. I never get offers like that. Well, if you want to get offers like that, you're going to have to probably have more bankroll and change your strategy. So that's good. And I don't, and neither one is right or wrong. It's just realistically, you've got to understand that. And I think that's important. And that tweet also aligns uh, with a lot of the things that you have to think about. Would you say that if I made this statement, which might, which might trigger you? So I'm thinking about not, but here's, here's what I'm trying to say. Trigger away. It's trigger, trigger. <laughs> and now it's time for a trigger, trigger. Um, so here's what I'm thinking here. It it seems like for every like let's say for every hundred dollars that you spend uh, in a game, right? Let's say uh, you get like it seems like you get one point. No, no, wait. Does it? You get one point for every dollar that you spend, or you get one point for every hundred dollars that you spend. Either way, it breaks down. So would it be safe to say that when it comes to comps and stuff like that and earning points or tier credits, that you get one one hundredth of what you put into it? Well, it would be fair to say that, you know, the percent, you know, remember you have two different numbers. You've got the numbers for like your earning, your earnings for tier points, and then you have your earnings for redeemable things like redeemable comps, which are usually on like a 1% to 2% max basis. Whereas like the easiest programs like Caesars, five dollars of coin in is one tier point and it's also a certain amount of redeemable comps which they don't tell you as easily mm. so i mean i think you know what the thing is though everyone talks about the house edge like you talk about this like 10 percent house edge for slot machines what does that really mean that means that in the long term for every hundred dollars you gamble you're going to wind up with 90 dollars. the house is going to get ten dollars and a lot of people might say that doesn't sound so bad, but then people go, well, wait a second, but why did I put $500 into a slot machine and I wound up with zero? <laughs> and that's because of variance and because of the fact that those calculations, that machine over the life of the machine yep. over, over the long term is going to hold 10% of your money. But in the short term, anything can happen. So part of the reason that I try to explain, you know, tell people to think about, think about your bankroll. Think about how much you're wagering per spin or per hand or per roll at craps. You know, I mean, you need to start to think about that. And the larger your bankroll is in relation to that, you know, the more of a chance where the math is going to really work itself out. And honestly, it's not going to be like you're just taking a shot. Like to me, you know, when people go up to like a $25 denomination machine with 100 or $200, they're just taking a shot, right? Chances are it's going to go to zero. 
even though the, that machine might only hold like six or seven percent. But it's it's just not it it they're just taking a shot. You know, they're they're not playing long enough for that house edge to really come into play. So anyway, so you see, it trigger me. I think it's fine. All right, nicely done. And I also think I also think on the other side of it, it's very very logical for people to say I will use my loyalty card and that's fine, but I don't want the pressure of playing a certain amount or getting a certain amount of tier points. Because a lot of things do go into that kind of pressure, like daily tier point bonuses and promotions or feeling that you're playing up to the same level that you regularly play. And and that's tough. And that's why a lot of people don't like hosts. Because sometimes people will have a situation with a host where the host's expectation is that you're playing a certain amount per day, and now you're dealing with a human who's giving you extra comps maybe on the back end and things like that, and they expect a certain amount of coin in or a certain number of hours at a certain average bet at the table. And for a lot of people, that's a lot of pressure and can cause them to truly gamble more than they should. So these are all great things to think about. So I don't – there's no there's no right answer except doing what you can afford and what makes sense to you while we're here i just want to say that's a very interesting shirt you're wearing it's it reminds me of Times square uh it reminds me of vegas like it's it's just it's it's definitely some sort of a nightlife shirt nightlife imagery it is it's it's interesting i really do like that's uh that's impressive i try to change it up a little bit make monday sort of fun day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> travels or travel making monday a fun day Monday. so that's all that's all i got for you today obviously there's a lot more to this we just touched on a, a few little aspects but all my whole goal is to get just get people thinking about things and also realize why when they come with five hundred dollars and they play slots for five or ten dollars a spin that they're probably just going to lose all their money and then hopefully they got enough cocktails for that or really, you call them really expensive cocktails. Really expensive cocktails. All right. And that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, luxury travel booking, Travel Zork Travel. Visit us at TravelZorkTravel.com to plan your next amazing vacation. And please join the conversation on social media. You can find us easily. All social platforms are at Travel Zork. We'll see you next time.